Happy Tuesday, Razorback fans. You are four days away from Arkansas BYU over in Provo, Utah. Interesting matchup. You know, two teams coming off of a loss. BYU lost to Notre Dame 28 to 20. Arkansas, of course, you know, blowout against Mississippi State over there in Starkville. But these are two teams that need a win. I I was listening to uh, BYU head coach Kalani Sataki. He talked about how Hey, we're kind of in the same boat. Like these, they need a win really bad. Their backs are against the wall. But you know, we also need a win. You know, if BYU loses, they're four and two right now. If they lose, they go to four and three, and then Arkansas is four and three as well. So, two teams with high expectations going into the season. Uh, you knew both teams had tough schedules. BYU's played a hard schedule. They played Baylor, Oregon, Notre Dame. We know what Arkansas' schedule has looked like. So, should be an interesting game. We got a lot to get to today. We're going to hit headlines from Monday. We heard from Sam Pittman. We went to practice. A lot of stuff to get to here on the Gridiron Hawks podcast. I'm Mason Choate. I've got Robert Stewart with me. Um, Robert, let's lead off with what Sam Pittman said about Malik Hornsby. So Malik Hornsby came in, did not start the game against Mississippi State, but he came in, did really well, stole the backup job. Um, back. He, he took it back. He was the backup. Took it back from Cade Fortin. Now he's listed as the backup on the depth chart. Sam Pittman said he talked with Malik. They're going to cut it out with the wide receiver stuff. He's going to focus strictly on being a quarterback. And Pittman basically said we think that we can develop him there um, really good if we just focus him at quarterback. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it it doesn't make sense for them to continue to do something that doesn't work, right? Pittman alluded to that yesterday. I, I really do think that there was a right way to use Malik Hornsby out wide in a Kendall Bryles offense, and they they never demonstrated that they could they could do it correctly. So um, they they wasted that. Um, it, it was it was a experiment. It was an experiment experiment with poor results and and they need not go back to it he, he proved himself as as the night and day difference um he, he he's a better passer right we, we've heard them talk about that all all fall camp all you know the first six weeks of the season um he proved that with that with that 54 yard touchdown to bryce stevens or whatever it was you know he missed some throws but kj misses some throws too so um he was very clearly more more effective than Cade Fordon on Saturday. And I mean, he, he shows you exactly why he needs to be number two on the depth chart. Yeah. Kind of. And along the same lines of what you said, Sam Pittman was basically like, yeah, the, the plays that we ran for him at wide receiver, it just didn't work, you know? Um, and I don't think it, I don't think it was ever going to work. You know, the, those cutesy little plays, it's just it's just too much. You know, if if you're the defense, you know when Malik Hornsby is on the field, that he's on the field for one reason and one reason only, and that is to probably run the ball if, if KJ Jefferson's on the field, unless they're going to do some kind of you know pass out to Hornsby and then he's going to throw it. Um, but you know that when he's out on the field, most of the time they didn't really even use him as a decoy. They just would give him the ball. So it didn't work. It makes sense to keep him at quarterback now, especially that he's now that he's solidified that backup spot. You know, one thing they talked about was because we like Cade Fortin so much, that allows us to do things with Malik. Well, now you see that Malik is 
at least against Mississippi State, significantly better than Cade Fortin. I mean, we know that Cade Fortin looked better in practice. Uh, apparently, a lot of guys look better in practice. So that's another controversial topic for another day. Uh, but let's also talk about K.J. Jefferson. So Sam Pittman said that uh, basically K.J. is cleared. Um, he should play against BYU on Saturday. He's going to have a normal week of practice. He said no contact for him on Monday, but that's no different than really any practice. The quarterbacks don't get hit. Um, so that is a good sign for Arkansas. You want to have your starting quarterback. You know, it's one of those things that you think about against Mississippi State. How much different is that game if K.J. Jefferson's the quarterback? Um, you know, your defense still gave up 40 points, and you have in, uh, a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball, and they just keep on – they just keep piling up. And we'll we'll get into that some more. But offensively, Robert, how much do you think it changes if K.J. Jefferson's the quarterback against Mississippi State? I know it's a big what if, and it, it doesn't matter anymore, but you got to think moving forward, you need to have K.J. Jefferson. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it – it feels like they probably wouldn't have looked lost um, as often as they did. And uh, I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to say they looked lost with Cave Fortin under center. Um, you know, that there was just too much inconsistency and, you know, part of it had to do with Hornsby taking a big hit. I know he, he was not able to finish one drive because of that. Um, so, you know, the, the, the revolving door of quarterbacks that game, just, it, it felt like they, they couldn't ever get a rhythm going, you know, Um so I, I think if they have a healthy K.J. Jefferson that plays every single snap on offense, then you have a heck of a lot more consistency, and maybe you don't lose by 23. But uh, I, I don't know if they win that game. The, the, the defense just – you know, we, we all know what the defense is at this point, and I, I don't think a, a K.J. Jefferson-led offense was going to be enough to counteract that. But I, I do think it's a lot more competitive. Yeah, and so with, with Malik, I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. He he did a great job, you know, given the circumstances. But you think of those those two fourth down plays there in the red zone, especially the one on the goal line. Like if KJ Jefferson is in there, that that's those are probably plays that Arkansas converts or have a better they have a better chance at converting because KJ's in there. Right. I mean, they don't have to get cute on the goal line there, right? Like that it felt like a total waste of a play. And maybe maybe in that situation they do still get cute, but maybe KJ keeps it and doesn't hand it off to Rashad Dabinion, you know, <clears throat> stuff like that. But a, a lot of what ifs in a game that is over that Arkansas lost. Let's move forward. Let's talk about this defense. Uh, we know that Bumper Pool dealing with a hip injury. He's going to power through. I mean, he I, he refuses to wear a green, a green jersey at practice. You know, I don't think Bumper Pool's the guy that's going to do that, but you can tell it's bothering him. His hip, you know, Sam Pittman has said it. Bumper Pool has said it. He's he's hurt. He's playing through an injury, and he's going to keep playing through an injury because um, Arkansas needs him. You think about the secondary. Kari Johnson has an injury. Miles Slusher, you don't know if he's going to play. Uh, Jaden Johnson, you don't know if he's going to play. You already lost Catalan. You already lost Ladarius Bishop. You got so many injuries. I mean, Trent Gordon had to play significant snaps against Mississippi State, and he had the worst coverage grade per pro football pro football focus against the Bulldogs. So that's an issue, and that's why you're seeing – we saw last week Hudson Clark moved over to safety. Sam Pittman basically said, like, look, I mean, Hudson Clark will do what you ask him to do, but, you know, he's not built to play safety. Um, but he did it, and 
you know, he did an adequate job. That's, you know, that's not word for word, but I feel like that's kind of what he's getting at. Um, you had to move Hudson Clark to safety. Sam Bakke, uh, a big thing with Sam Bakke, freshman wide receiver. He he started taking reps at corner on Monday. What did we see? We saw Sam Bakke was taking reps at corner, and we also saw fresh other freshman wide receiver, Quincy McAdoo, running at wide receiver. Now, you know, I don't know – Cornerback. Did I say wide receiver? Yes. Okay. No. Yes. <laughs> Freshman wide receiver Quincy McAdoo running at cornerback. Um, we don't know if these guys are going to get in the game. I mean, if if these players keep dropping like flies, then they'll they they'll have no choice. But, um, Arkansas continues to try to do what it can't what it what it's able to do in the secondary to get something to work. And I don't know, man. I mean, Quincy McAdoo has a club on his hand because he's got a some kind of injury going on there, but. I, at some point they gotta they gotta mix some things up, Robert, because they they've tried sending the pressure, they've tried mixing up looks. You know your linebackers can only do so much. Uh, your your defensive line, you know they they got a lot of pressure early on in the season, but they have you haven't seen that recently, and you definitely didn't see it last last week when they were rushing three against Mississippi State. So this defense has to continue to try to figure out what to do, and they have to adjust in game. That's something that they have to do, Robert. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I believe the saying goes, "Insanity is the def or the definition. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result." And we just didn't see anything really change as far as the the looks that that the the Arkansas defense was giving the the Bulldogs offense last week. Um, I mean, they they are clearly going to have to do something different if they want anything different to happen. You know, maybe. Maybe anything they will do will be a failure because of, you know, the the lack of starting personnel that they have, you know, from compared to week one, right? But you, you can't keep doing what doesn't work, right? You, you, you have to try something new. Agreed. And so they're going to try to figure that out offensively. Going back to that side of the ball at receiver, you saw a lot of guys get some more looks than they normally have. Uh, you think Bryce Stevens, Jaden Wilson, those two guys played more snaps than you're normal. You're normally seeing. You mentioned the the Bryce Stevens 54 yard touchdown. Sam Pittman said he liked that play. It was a great throw, but he said it might have been a better catch by Bryce Stevens. So, um, <clears throat> I think they got to figure something out there too because Jaden Hazelwood has not been you know the the all world receiver that you were hoping he could be. He, I mean. You've seen a few flashes. I mean, he had two big catches against Mississippi State, but um, he he he's not like a, a game breaker, you know. Uh, Matt Landers, you haven't really seen a whole lot out of him aside from a couple of flashes. Warren Thompson, where the heck did Warren Thompson go? I mean, we thought that Warren Thompson was going to come in here. You know, he's in his his second year as a a, pl- a a guy playing receiver for Arkansas, and you haven't seen it from him. Keytron Jackson, he's shown flashes. I think that really of all the guys, Keetron Jackson might have the, um, the 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 highest ceiling. Maybe what, would you say that, Robert? Sorry, with the mute button again. Um, yeah, I mean, I I feel like I feel like he might just because I mean, think about what what we heard from the the receivers and receivers coach Kenny Guyton going into the season, right? Like everybody thought that this was going to be the big weakness of the offense, maybe even of the team, and everybody thought that. You know, they weren't they weren't going to have it put together just because, you know, it, it's hard to replace Traylon Burks. That's that, that sort of goes without saying. But I mean, for them to 
for for them to you know take it personally like they did they said you know we're, they we we've heard the noise we we're we're taking it upon ourselves to to prove to the world that you know we're we're not the issue here um you know it's it's not that they are the issue necessarily it's just like they're not the answer yeah and and you would like to get more out of Trey Knox too at tight end i feel like Trey Knox hasn't really um been that safety blanket that I thought he would be for KJ Jefferson and then Malik Hornsby. I, I don't know. I, I feel like Trey Knox has such a, a high ceiling as well, and you just haven't seen it from him. Right. I mean, I remember you you had very lofty expectations for him going into the season, and it made sense. I mean, we've we've seen him, you know, since since you and I have been in college, we we've seen Trey Knox like be the leading pass catcher on on the Razorback offense, you know. It's, it's Chad Morris, so take it with a grain of salt. But at the same time, it's like this this dude should be catching way more passes than he is. He should be a lot more involved in the offense than he is. I mean, he had two touchdowns against Cincinnati, right? Yeah. That, that feels he significant. Like he's gotta be he's gotta have the at least close to the same number of targets that, that he got in that game because he was important. Yeah, with Trey Knox, I don't know how many routes they actually run for him per game because in this offense, you know, your tight end is going to be blocking a lot. That's just how the offense is designed. But, you know, you want to take advantage of a playmaker like that. He's a, he, He's got a size advantage. If he's matched up with a linebacker, he's probably got a speed ad- advantage as well because he's a former wide receiver. Yeah, he's put on some pounds, but he's still athletic. So, you know, you, I, I think maybe you could take more advantage of what Trey Knox presents as far as a you know a matchup with whoever's going to line up against him, another guy that we haven't really heard from and we know he's healthy, Dominique Johnson. Where'd Dominique Johnson go? I mean, he was great last season, and now I mean, don't get me wrong, Rocket Sanders is a really good running back, but I think the number two running back on this team right now, based on snap counts, is Rashad Dubinion, and he's good too. But what happened to Dominique Johnson, man? I don't, I don't understand what's going on with that. Um, I, I don't know. We haven't really gotten an explanation on that either. Aside from earlier on in the season, it was it seemed almost like it was a one-two thing for him to play. And so I don't know what's going on with him. What do you think, Robert? Yeah, it's weird, right? I mean, we talked about it for feels like all of August and half of September. There's no reason to rush him back. But that I mean, that period has, has long gone at this point, right? Um, it, it's baffling because it, it felt like he was either 1A or 1B in your backfield last year. And I, it, it's, it's strange to me that they just aren't using him as much. I mean, it, it would make sense if, if he is still trying to recover from an injury, but we, we haven't gotten any indication that that's the case, right? It, does it feel a little bit like Traylon Smith last year where he – you know, had a really good season the year before, and now he's just not getting the touches? Uh, maybe a little bit. I think that's just what comes with a backfield like this where it's so crowded. Um, as much as they want to get everybody touches, there's only a limited amount of snaps per game, and you're still going to be throwing the ball as well. So uh, it's just tough. Um, but, you know, he was a guy who was a big playmaker. I mean, he, he looked really good last season. And you haven't really seen it from him this year, but I, I think part of that is how good Rocket Sanders has been. You haven't really needed somebody to step up as, you know, a, a one a one B type guy because 
Rocket Sanders has been one. You know, he's he is the feature back for this team. He's he's a great running back. Um, but it's just an interesting note to think about um moving forward. Yeah, it is. I I mean, this is this is no no knock on on Rashad Dominion, but it, it is it is interesting to me that you know they're they're going with the freshman instead of the the proven guy in Dominique Johnson. Yep. Something to keep your eye on. All right, <clears throat> let's wrap up here uh, on the Gridiron Hawks podcast. Tell you about our friends at MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're a displaced corporate executive or wanting to put your career in your own hands, you need to call Andy Ledecky, longtime Rivals member and franchise veteran. He's owned multiple franchises and businesses, and he'll use that expertise to help you find your American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. Call him. Call Andy Ledecky and put your life and career in your own hands. It's 100% free, so what do you have to lose? The number is 404-973-9901, and the website is myperfectfranchise.net. Thank you to the people at myperfectfranchise.net. All right, go visit hogbeat.com as well, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com, for all of your Arkansas Razorbacks coverage. We've got a lot of great stuff over there, so go check it out and get that subscription so you can get on the trough message board. That's where we give you some insider information. Uh, premium content as far as pro football focus grades goes, recruiting content as well, a lot of great stuff over there on hogbeat.com. All right, we'll talk to everybody on Wednesday here on the Gridiron Hogs podcast. Mm-hmm.